Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Coming up on the Mark Divine Show. This is what I truly believe. We'll be known for one of two things at the end of our lives. And that's this, the problems that we solve or the problems that we create. We're not here to merely exist within our own ability and our own power, our own efforts. We are here to help other people along the way. And in doing so, we provide opportunities to add value to people's lives. Welcome to the Mark Divine Show. This is your host, Mark Divine. Appreciate you joining me on this show. I endeavor to explore what it means to be fearless by speaking to some of the world's most courageous and compassionate and unbelievable people, folks from all walks of life, motivational scientists, nutritional experts, peace crusaders, and amazing authors and pastors like Tim Timberlake, my guest today, who's a senior pastor of Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's a tremendously gifted communicator and teacher who inspires folks from all walks of life. Sense of humor combined with his in-depth teaching gives listeners and readers the tools to transform their lives from the inside out. Tim is the author of The Power of 1440 and his latest book, recently out from Harper's and Collins, The Art of Overcoming. Super stoked to have you, Mr. Tim Blake. Welcome to the Mark Divine Show. Tim, so stoked to have you here on the Mark Divine Show. I appreciate you joining me today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Can't wait to unpack this conversation with you. Yeah. Well, before we unpack, I mean, we never really packed it up, so we don't have to unpack much. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with the clothes laying out all over the place. Uh, I'm stoked to talk to you. You know, um, you've done some interesting things in your life and you've had some um, challenges to overcome. I love that you're a pastor. You know, I, I really respect people who follow that calling. And I think a lot of our listeners are really jonesing for kind of like sanity in this world of insanity. So I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, people love conversations like this where, you know, we can just kind of like help them understand that everything's okay, right? They don't have to fear so much. But before we get into kind of like your philosophy of 1440 and your new book, The Art of Overcoming, help us understand like, who is Tim Tim? Like, where do you come from? What were your childhood influences? How were you conditioned to see the world as a young man and what changed it, right, to lead you where you are today? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area, and uh, I grew up in a household where my family was really in and around ministry all of my life. My grandfather was a sharecropper, uh, which pretty much means he was a glorified slave. He and his kids, eight kids, and my grandmother, they stayed in a one-room, ten-roof house for a good portion of his life, and he got paid 30 bucks a month. Wow. And uh, my grandmother ended up getting sick and had to be rushed to the hospital. The doctors told my grandfather that they would have to remove one whole lung and half of the remaining lung. And so they went through the surgery, and they took one complete lung. They removed half of her remaining lung. She was on life support. 
and they told my grandfather that he should get his grand uh, his his children and uh they should kind of get their last remarks and uh you know condolences in before they pull her off of life support and my grandfather looked at the doctors and he said if you'll give me 10 minutes i'll be able to let you guys pull her off of life support and he goes to the lobby of the hotel he gets down on his knees and he tells god god if you save my life me and all of my family will serve you for the rest of our days wow and he gets back up he goes into the hospital room and he gives the doctors the okay to remove her from life support they told my grandfather that she would be dead by the morning the morning comes she's still alive a week passes she's still alive and two weeks later, she was out of the hospital. My grandmother lived until she was 93 years old. Yeah, he followed through on his promise to God that he would serve him. And while he was sharecropping, working tobacco fields and, and farming the land for the sharecrop owner, he also started a church. And this church grew from just his family to uh, hundreds of people. And it finally got to the place where he could no longer sharecrop. And out of that came my father, and my father had a heart to serve God and pastor. And my dad pastored a church that he started in Creedmoor, North Carolina. They grew from nine people to about 12,000 people. Wow. It's one of 14 of my locations that I pastor now, but uh, people would drive from all over the uh, state and out of state to come to church there. Is your father still alive, still doing it? He died in 2002, oh, which, is, which is the reason I'm in ministry and I pastor. I had no desire to be in church and no desire to be in ministry. Right. As a matter of fact, in 1997, when my dad got terminally ill with cancer, I ran from God. And my, my perspective of God at that time was, if this is the way that God treats his man, I, I don't want to serve a God like that. And my faith was not built off of what I had learned about God. It was built off of the backs of my parents and other people. And it wasn't until I had that amount of pain to hit my life when I lost my father that I really understood who God was to me. Right. And I, I think for a lot of our listeners, that, that may be something that we wrestle with. It's not a matter of if God exists or if God is even good. It's if he is good to me, does he exist in the areas that I need him in? And I had a very real encounter with God that propelled me and kind of pushed me into a relationship with Jesus. And as a result, teaching and preaching and pastoring and connecting other people to uh, the hope in Jesus as well. And uh, that's kind of how I got my foundation. And uh, it's been 19 years, man, as, as, as serving as a pastor and uh, leading a church and an incredible movement of people. So is it like the, I'm just gonna throw this out here and, and I hope I'm not, you know, stepping on anything, but Southern Baptist or what's the, the blankety blank of what it is, the church that you are, you're part of? Yeah, so the, the name of the church is called Celebration Church. Celebration. And it's a non-denominational church, one church with 14 locations. Okay, so you're not affiliated with any, like, like I grew up as an Episcopalian or, you know, it's nothing like that. Help me understand the relationship to other churches. I would consider it a part of a um, Bible teaching charismatic movement church. What kind of view of the Bible do you have? You know, a, is it a metaphorical view or a strict interpretationist view? Or I have a very uh, black and white view of the Bible. I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that what Jesus states in the Bible is both applicable and life-changing and transformational 
for those that lean into it. But I don't push what I believe on other people. Right. And so me and my wife, we have this, this motto, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong. I believe that the love of Jesus is so contagious that eventually you will ask me what I believe. I love that because I, I agree with that in principle. And I say it this way that, you know, when it comes to spirituality, everyone is a, a study of N equals one. You have to have a direct experience of it or else it's just a philosophy or a theology. And so that's what you're referring to. Have a direct experience, whether that's a direct experience with the love of Jesus or direct experience with God consciousness itself or the Holy Ghost or whatever, however you want to articulate. There's many different words from many different perspectives or, or theologies all pointing toward the same thing. You know, if you get to that intimate connection, you can see how all these different perspectives are pointing toward the same thing, even though they might fight about it in the schoolhouses, right? So you didn't have to do any like formal training, did you uh, like get your master's in theology or anything like that? I didn't get my master's. I did go to Bible college. Okay. Uh, was one of the best basketball players in North Carolina all what? four years of high school. And Could you have gone pro? No, too small back then. Okay. Guys my size didn't make it back then. Now I look in the NBA and I'm like, man, I could have made it if I had played now. Right. But was still good. And so I had aspirations to go overseas and play and could have done really, really well. But God caught me in the ministry before then. You know, now I have an opportunity to walk with NBA players and NFL players and really uh, help them uh, full spectrum from sports performance to, you know, spiritual and character development. Right. So it's been really uh, rewarding to see how God has taken something that I had as a passion in my past and utilizes its purpose now for my present and for my future. Oh, that's cool. What has been the biggest challenge in your life where, you know, you literally were hitting a wall and, and you didn't know what was next? I can say the biggest challenge in my life has always been me. I think that if we're not careful, our insecurities scream louder than our confidences. And I believe our insecurities can lead, dictate, and try to determine what we do. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to not just navigate, but really wrestle with our insecurities, our anxieties, our worries, our fears, because those things can turn into walls that hinder us from advancing in this life. And so for me, one of the biggest things that I had struggled with was doubt. Am I able, am I capable of doing these things that are in front of me? And am I capable of continuing to be great or good at them? And I believe for all of us uh, listening and leaning into this moment, that's something that we all have to wrestle with. And if we can conquer that doubt every single day, uh, because every single day it will reappear in, in a different form or fashion, then I believe we take steps of health and wholeness on this journey of life to success. And so I have this saying, Mark, Yeah, we have to schedule our victories because our defeats and our doubts will schedule themselves. <laughs> it's so true. If we can schedule the triumphs of our day, if we can even schedule the celebrations of our day, it gives us enough energy to get through the moments of doubt and the moments of insecurity that we'll all be faced with. I'm listening to your words and I'm seeing so many similarities, um, even though I'm not, well, I've read the Bible and I believe in God and Christianity. I grew up as a Christian. I have a very uh, different perspective based upon my uh, 35 years of meditation experience so that has brought me different contexts and relationships. But anyways, when it comes to 
training, I have a similar two similar sayings or you know admonishments. One is bring the challenge to yourself before the universe does. So we do that by going out and challenging ourselves in a big way to grow. And we do that physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I even have a, a program that you would actually love. It's called Kokoro Camp. Kokoro means merging your heart and mind into your actions. And it's 50 hours of nonstop physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual team training. No sleep based upon the Navy SEALs health. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want that, yeah. if you want a piece of that, just let me know. Uh, and then I also say is win in your mind before you step foot into the battlefield every day. And that's similar to your saying of, you know, schedule the wins. So in the morning, take the time through contemplation, through prayer, through meditation, through reading the Bible or, or spiritual works and get your mind clear of what the day is going to look like and how it's going to go. And you and I know, and people who are listening who do this know, it's a game changer. And, and days that you miss this because, oh, you got to get up too early for the flight, or maybe, you know, you didn't get a good night's sleep, then suddenly God has a way of reminding you <laughs> how important that work is. Absolutely. 100%. Life has a way of reminding us that we have a desperate need and this gravitational pull to reset rest, slow down pace, mm -hmm. and focus our life on what really matters most. Yeah, Life has a way of, of forcing us to do those things if we don't schedule them. What are some of the transformations that you have seen amongst you know, your followers or your parishioners, right? People who come in stuck in a rut, you know, emotionally bankrupt, maybe even suicidal. And, and what is it that transforms them? I mean, it's easy to just say, oh, they found God. But like, from your perspective and your knowledge as both a coach and someone who's been involved in emotional development and now, uh, obviously, for a long time, a religious kind of orientation and service, like, what are some of the different ways that people are transformed through your work and your words and, and just the words of Jesus or God or however we want to contextualize it? So I coach people that both believe what I believe and don't believe what I believe. I coach people that don't believe in God at all. And the one thing that I found consistent throughout all humanity, everyone has a hope in something. And so it's a hope for a better tomorrow. It's a hope for a better future. Some may have a hope in God, but we all have a hope and an expectation in something. And so the thing that I try to connect people with that are in those dire and crisis situations is connect them to the silver lining of hope. I consider myself to be a hope architect, and that is helping other people discover, find, and build hope in their life. And so when we look at the framework of life, all of us have some type of hope we can cling on to, we can hold on to, we can kind of base the foundation of our life on and off of. And if I can point people back to that place, it takes their focus and uh, really their worries off of the problems and really puts it on the ability to see opportunity in them. And so we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how you respond to what happens to us. And if we respond the right way, it gives us an opportunity to learn in the areas that we may experience pain, that we may experience trauma, that we may experience PTSD in, that we may experience any type of life's crisis in, if we can learn from those things, then we get stronger from those things. 
it's when we don't learn from those things that that pain tends to revisit us in other areas of our life over again. And so if I can get people, no matter what their walk of life is, no matter what their background is, to look at these moments as an opportunity to learn and find the silver lining in it, then we grow from it and it doesn't have to revisit us in the days to come. Okay, we're going to take a short break here from the Mark Divine Show to hear a short message from one of our partners. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And now back to the show. What do you believe an individual's purpose is in life? Is there an overarching purpose uh, from your perspective, like to evolve and grow the spirit? Or is it more of an individuated, hey, my karma said I needed to come in and learn this lesson? Or is it both? I know, you know, Christianity doesn't believe in karma, but, you know. For sure. I I believe it's kind of a, a combination of both. I believe our purpose is to add value to the lives of other people. Nice. And this is what I truly believe. We'll be known for one of two things at the end of our lives. And that's this, the problems that we solve or the problems that we create. We're not here to merely exist within our own ability and our own power, our own efforts. We are here to help other people along the way. And in doing so, we provide opportunities to add value to people's lives. And so when you really think about money and when you really think about the currency, currency and money is the reward for a problem solved. That's what it is. And when we can help people solve problems, when we can help add value to people's lives, other things come with that. You know, there's fulfillment that comes with that. There's opportunities to help other people that come with that. And in the grand scheme of things, that's what I believe our purpose is attached to, helping other people advance, helping other people get the gold and the greatness out of them. And uh, any way and any time I can do that, it helps me to fulfill the purpose that I believe God has given me. I love that. One of the things that I've really uh, learned and maybe uh, came to a little late in my life, I wish I had come to it earlier, is that one of the best ways to help others is through forgiveness. If you're trying to help others and you haven't opened your heart into a place of acceptance and non-judgmentalism and just absolute utter forgiveness, which is really the root of Jesus' teachings, then you may be more, it may be just a transactional thing and you're still leaving a carbon copy of kind of that judgment upon the world or, you know, and on yourself. Because ultimately everything, every action you take, you leave a carbon copy on yourself, which is why supporting and helping others is so powerful. But if you got to do it with a, with a good heart, right? With forgiveness. And forgiveness, very little time does about the other person. Right. So when I forgive someone, it's not necessarily for them. It's me acknowledging that that person no longer has power over my decisions. I mean, think about this for a moment. How much power do we give another individual when they hold our thoughts captive, when they hold our life prison, mm-hmm. uh, prisoners, when they hold our time 
encapsulated by the idea of them. And instead of giving them that much power, forgive them from it. And you may have to forgive them from it many, many times, but don't give them the power to control how you feel. You control how you feel and you can control the decisions that you make from that feeling. So forgive them, move beyond it. Doesn't mean that you will forget, but it means that they no longer hold you hostage to what they did or what they did not do. 100% truth there. And this gets more challenging, you know, the more the atrocity, you know, perpetuated on, on an individual or even a collective, you know, like let's, let's uh, go to the um, slavery issue. You know, your grandfather was a sharecropper, but his grandfather was a slave, right? Yeah. And I'm not in your shoes, obviously. I don't look like you, do I? But, <laughs> but I can see, my heart is open enough to see how painful that must have been yeah. and how hard it would be collectively to forgive that. And so you're seeing that played out is some of the cultural things that are happening in critical race theory, which is now like anger projected at the perpetrators, which is keeping that stain collectively on the heart of, of those. So I don't know, just for people listening to this, like forgiveness, even, you know, and I think about the Jews. I was at the Holocaust Museum in New York and oh my God, the evil, the horror, but you have to forgive. And, you know, I know someone listening who went through that saying, but you don't understand, Mark. You're right. I don't. But I do understand, just like you do, Tim, that ultimately it's about you, your world. And if you want your world to evolve, if you want your world to be one of peace, you have to forgive. That's the ultimate That's it. gift to yourself yeah, and humanity. Unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison and thinking the other person will die. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. It puts us in a place where we are now hostage to something. And, and here's the crazy part about it. The person that we are harboring unforgiveness towards most of the time aren't even thinking about what they did to us. They aren't to the next thing. And so we have to get beyond this unforgiveness, forgive so that we can start, initiate, activate the healing process and move beyond the season that we're in so that we are not prisoners to something that someone else did to us when we have the power to decide to unlock that gate, unlock those chains, and move and operate in forgiveness for our lives. So if someone's got a hardened heart because they were abused, let's say, sec you know, those are really nasty stuff, sexually abused as a child or raped or something, you know, how do you help them move toward forgiveness? Because it's not easy. Yeah, one of the first things that I ask trauma victims that have been through uh, molestation, rape, sexual assault, is this. The unforgiveness that you have, how has it advanced you? How has it pushed you forward? And the answer comes back to the same thing. It hasn't. It only makes us sicker. And something that was meant to hurt us one time can hurt us a lifetime if we continue to operate in unforgiveness. And I'm not saying this because forgiveness is easy. I'm saying that you have to do the hard and difficult work of forgiveness so that your life can start healing and your life can start growing and your life can start moving in the direction of joy and peace. And every day you have to make up in your mind to forgive the person that caused you so much pain. But I just encourage our listeners, don't give those people more power over you to dictate and determine or delay 
the greatness and the goal that is in you because of unforgiveness. And so I just encourage our listeners right now, for those that are listening, that have been through crisis, that have been through trauma, that have been through pain, to release those people that have hurt you so that you don't allow them to become rulers over you and determine what you do and how you do it. That's super powerful. And you know what? The, the best growth comes from the hardest challenges or the most growth. Absolutely. You can't shy from the hard stuff. In fact, once you, go, once you go into the belly of the beast the first time, then it gets easier and easier. That's right. Oftentimes, we want to run from the very place that we can experience our greatest fulfillment. You know, you think about the difficulties of serving. You think about the difficulties of the assignments and the different tasks that you had to carry out on the other end of those things with some of the greatest fulfillment. Were you tired? Absolutely. Was your body in pain? Absolutely. But there's fulfillment that comes from having put in the work, having gone through the pain, having endured those things that you would not have learned if you had not gone through them in the first place. It's just like lifting weights. We all have in our mind the picture of what we want to be and how we want our body to look. But it's not until we get under the weight of resistance that we give our bodies an opportunity to develop and form and grow into who we have seen our body developing and growing into. It doesn't come without pain, though. It doesn't come without tension. It doesn't come without friction. All of those things produce in our physical bodies the results that we want to see. It's no different in life. There's no results without the friction, without the tension, without the pain that we have to endure to get out of this life what we know we're capable of getting out of it. Yeah. You know, you've got a large community of people who are supporting each other and, and working toward health and trying to like find heaven on earth in your own community in spite of all that crap that's going on out there, right? Because that's what I, that's kind of what I teach. And I can see that like, we have all these pockets of very healthy people who are communicating together, supporting each other and seeing that real health is, it's not believing the mainstream dialogue on food. It's not believing the mainstream dialogue on medicine, which is propped up by the sickness industry. It's not buying into the, the war, violence, industrial complex, which is just keeping us in a perpetual state of debt and war. So my question to you is like, what, and you live in Florida, like what's the current state of the mind and communication about your, amongst your tribes, about the current state of affairs in this country and in culture and the divisive politics? I know that's a broad-based thing, but just whatever comes to your mind. For sure. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is making sure to keep people focused that our hope won't be found in politics. Yeah. Our hope won't be found in science. No. Our hope won't be found in those things. And so our core belief has to be deeper than what we can find in other people. Or in government. Yeah, that's right. No matter what side of the uh, aisle that people sit on, because we have people that watch us and we have people that listen that vote all different types of ways. But this is what we have to agree on. Your differences should not be a divisive tool that brings further separation. It has to be that your differences are talked through and we come to some understanding and agreement. And I believe in the last season, that was removed from humanity. And it was almost, if a person believes differently than what I believe, or if a person views something differently than what I, I, I view it, then they're cut off, they're canceled, that these things are they're ostracized. And I believe that we have to 
understand that in order for us to advance as humanity, society, as a culture, to understand the differences that people have, whether we agree with them or not. And uh, that's what I've tried to communicate to our people so that we can continue to spread hope instead of hate, uh, that we can continue to spread love instead of divisiveness. And, um, you know, when we do those things, it helps us to not see just the differences in people, but see the humanity in people. And when we look at the humanity in people, and when we look at what brings us together, there's a couple of things I believe that brings us together, Mark. The first one is food. All of us can agree that we need food. And we need healthy, sustainable food. That's right. We need sustainable food. The second thing that you look at is music. No matter what language, no matter what background, no matter what demographic people come from, we all have this mutual agreement around music. The third one is sports. When you look at the different world sporting events, such as the World Cup or such as the Olympics, it is the world gathering together to celebrate a sporting event. But then the fourth one is what I believe connects us like nothing else, and that's pain. When we look at the pain of humanity, when we look at the pain of society, when we look at the pain of what's going on in our world right now, that should unite us like never before to try and figure out how can we help other people get out of the pain that they may be enduring right now, just as someone else along the way has tried to help us. Okay, we're going to take a short break here from the Mark Divine Show to hear a short message from one of our partners. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And now back to the show. I love those four things. And I also, you know, if I were just to say to any listener that the people to trust are people who talk or who promote that philosophy, some version of what you're talking about, where the sameness is absolutely set in stone and the differences are applauded and embraced and enjoyed through the arts and sports and through literature and scholarly work, right? Instead of like pointing out the differences and and creating divisiveness, any movement toward healing on this planet has to come from that perspective where we're all the same. Humans are all the same. We're all created the same in the eyes of God, however you define that. That diversity is a blessing because then we get to enjoy the individual nature of every human being living out this godly existence. Any type of platform or institution or government body that doesn't lead with that is not truth, right? That is falsehood. And so if you think that there's going to be some sort of one way, one world governments that is a technocratic Italian system that puts people into re-education camps or denounces and deplatforms you if you don't agree to them because you're different, that is seriously dangerous, slippery slope and not truth. That's falsehood. I just have to say that because everyone has to see that truth leads with an open heart and a hand, not a, not a gun and a you know, censorship. 
So what's your, the, your 1440 philosophy? Does that have to do with the number of minutes in the day and to count carefully? It does. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. There are 1440 minutes in a day. And I believe that the way we steward those minutes, and I say steward because I believe it's really hard to manage what you can't control. Right. So we can't tell time to stop. We can't tell it to speed up. We can't rewind it. But what we can do is steward it very well. And how we steward those 1,440 minutes determine the moments that we create from them. And uh, those moments are what we will remember for the rest of our lives. And so the book, The Power of 1440, is not a time management book. It is a uh, stewardship book on making meaningful moments with the life that you have, because in those moments, those things will stick to you like meat on bones for the rest of your life. And also, you know, this ties to your second book, your new book, The Art of Overcoming, because in order to make the best opportunity to steward those moments, you've got to overcome the fear and the trauma and, and the big things that are holding you back. Otherwise, you're captive to them, right? That's right. I believe that there is an art to overcome. I believe that when you hear that word, it sounds a lot more glamorous than what it is, but sometimes overcoming is waking up the next day, putting your feet on the ground and saying, I survived. And a lot of times we diminish the little victories that we get throughout each and every day. And we have a tendency to blow past them. But this book teaches us how to really honor those victories and celebrate those victories, as well as give honor to the things that we had an opportunity to live with and no longer live with in our lives. And so every season presents uh, wins. Every season in our life produces opportunities for us to learn. But as long as we're learning, we're not losing. And the art of overcoming teaches us just that, how we can let things rest in peace without losing our peace and understanding that although something is ending, it is not the end. And uh, my prayer is that those that read these books are infused with hope and a knowing that everything is going to be okay. I love that. You said something there, as long as you're learning, you're not losing or something like that. What was that comment? Every season we we win and every season we learn, but as long as you learn, you don't lose because you've learned something from it. And in that moment, it may feel like a loss, but it's not a loss. It's a learning opportunity for you not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Right. I believe it was uh, Edison said, I have not failed at discovering electricity. Yeah. I've just determined 10,500 ways that electricity cannot be done. In the SEALs, you know, when in training new SEALs, we say there's no such thing as failure. You're just the failure to learn. Everything that goes wrong is not a failure. It's just another way of figuring out how, to, how not to do it. And so use that to learn how to do it differently. That's such a great uh, motivation. So from a practical sense, we're going to uh, kind of wind down here in a few minutes, but from a practical sense, what are, do you have any like top recommendations to move toward overcoming if people feel stuck or like, not sure where to go or how to approach it? Yeah. So three things that I, I encourage our listeners to do. The first one is this. Acknowledge that you need assistance in overcoming. Uh, so often, particularly alphas, we, we have this mentality that we can do everything in our own power. We don't need help. We resist help. But the reality is, is that we may run faster alone, but we will run longer alongside of someone else. And so talk to someone get information, get resources, get poured into by someone that sees differently than you do. Because all of us has blind spots. And here's the danger with blind spots. Blind spots let you look, but they don't allow you to see. 
And if you don't see the areas in your life that need assistance and need help and need to be strengthened, then you will fall and get weaker in those areas. The second thing I encourage our listeners to do is get plugged into community, some type of life-giving community that feeds you and fuels you and gives you an opportunity to both get poured into and to pour into others. And then the third thing is give yourself the same amount of grace that you would give other people if you were helping them go through a crisis. And this is important because we typically are so hard on ourselves that we forget that we are both a masterpiece and a work in progress. And, you know, it's very true also that some people find it easier to put their attention in, in helping someone else out far more than they'll give that, that kind of attention to themselves, their own needs, and, and to ask for help. We're, well, you're right. We're not trained to ask for help, especially guys. That's part of our cultural conditioning, and it's flat out wrong. This is one of our big um, drivers for that, that program in SealFit I told you about, is really to recognize that anything worthy in life, you just can't do it alone. It's a fantasy to think that you can do it alone. You can try, but either you, you will not see the success or you won't find the, the joy of sharing that victory with a, a team. That's right. Congratulations on the book. Uh, you're on a book tour. Sounds like it's great to get out and see people in person. I got to take that in the heart. My next book is coming out next year. It's called Uncommon. In my head, I was already thinking, oh, yeah, I'll probably get ready for the podcast tour and I'll be standing in my office again for hours and hours and hours. I'm like, wait a minute. I need to get out on the road and talk to people. I think that's a great idea. Where are some of the places you're going to be? I just left California last week. I've been in all over Florida, uh, North Carolina, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. And so I've kind of been all over the map. Are you going to other parishes or are you going to like book signings or how does that look for you? A hodgepodge of everything. So uh, from TV shows to other churches to other executive meetings to other opportunities to talk in theaters. Last week, I was just at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills. It just depends on the city and it depends on the relationships that are there. So I'll be in uh, Minneapolis next week with it. Do you have a, a like that tour schedule posted on your website or anything if somebody wanted to connect with you? Yeah. So on TimTimberlake.tv, you'll find everything from social media to uh, the various books that I have out and where I'll be. And uh, that's timtimberlake.tv. timtimberlake.tv. And that's the primary place you would like people to go to connect with you? Absolutely. And the book, uh, Harper's coming out. Um, of course, that'll be available everywhere. Do you have any kind of a pre-order deal with that? The book is out now, The Art of Overcoming. Oh, it's out? Yep. Doing very, very well. And uh, you can go pick that book up wherever books are sold or one consolidated site, theartofovercomingbook.com. It has all the retailers where you can order the book online. And uh, I appreciate all the love and support. I believe the book is going to add value to your life. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Tim, while you've added value to mine and our listeners, it's been such a great conversation. you got a great heart. Really appreciate you for the work you're doing. And, and thank you for coming on the Mark Divine Show. I really appreciate it, brother. Such an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Hoo-yah. What a really, really fascinating episode. Thank you so much, Mr. Timberlake. Wow, I love your heart, your energy, your care, your concern, your presence. Thank you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I love the quote. You can run faster alone, but you'll run longer with a team. And as long as you learn, you're not losing. Great stuff. You can find the episode up on our YouTube channel. Show notes are on markdevine.com. You can reach out to me 
on social media at Mark Devine on Twitter and at Real Mark Devine on IG and Facebook. Or you can find me on LinkedIn channel. You can send me notes, ideas, you know, guest ideas, whatever. Quick plug for our newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday called Divine Inspiration, where I've got the show notes for the week's episode and I've got my blog post and I've got a book I'm reading and a habit and some other interesting things that come across my desk that you might not be aware of. So go check it out. Go to markdivine.com to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks to my awesome team, Jeff Haskell and Jason Sanderson and Catherine Divine, who helped produce this podcast and the newsletter and bring guests like Tim to you every week. Ratings and reviews are super helpful. So if you haven't done so, please consider rating the show at Apple or wherever. It really helps us uh, stay in the top of the rankings. Um, the goal is to get over 5,000 five-star reviews uh, soon. And so your support is very helpful. Thanks so much for being part of the change that you want to see in the world. We can do that together, but we first have to take care of our own house, clean it up, and then we can help other people's clean up theirs by paying it forward through our leadership and how, through how we show up. That's what it means to have an unbeatable mind. If you're interested in the Unbeatable Mind program, please check out unbeatablemind.com. We have a world-class coach certification, and our Unbeatable Mind community is cranking. There were 1,500 people like you who are training and supporting each other to be unbeatable. So check out unbeatablemind.com and or markdevine.com. Till next time, this is your host, Mark Devine, and hoo-yah. Divine out.